Hi, Nora. Your hair looks great. Your world is going to hell, but your hair looks great. So does yours. Your hair was parted down the middle when you came in, and now it's back to the normal way. <laughs> I trekked over here in like some god awful combination oh, of rain, sleet. It was hail. like that movie, The Perfect Storm, when you were outside. <laughs> yeah, it was gross. But I'm here now, and it's very warm and cozy in here. You're first. I am first. Yes. Um, this is actually just something I was kind of noodling about on my own, and I thought it might be an interesting thing to talk about. I was thinking about the runaway success of Wordle. I don't know if you've heard of, of this thing. It's called oh, what? Wordle. What, what, what is this thing you talk of, Nora Louise? <laughs> Which now has been bought by the New York Times, but Ish. of course it's been a runaway sensation. And I was thinking about the success of Wordle and also... I don't know that it's that successful, but it's a game I like to play a lot, which is a, a game that The New Yorker has, Name Drop. And What's that? Every morning they post a new thing, and it's like you have 100 seconds, maximum of six clues, and you have to guess the identity of a notable person. And obviously they're very obscure clues at the beginning, and then it gets more obvious as you go on, and you just try to guess in as few clues as possible. What kind of people are they? Are they like the Kardashians? It's the New Yorker, darling. It's I the know. New Yorker. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's like, so it's you know. Galileo? Popular culture Galileo. figures, but classy pop culture figures like Zora Neale Thurston and like. The, the Beatles? People. I would not be able to get that if they had the Beatles. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> the point being, I was thinking about the huge popularity of Wordle in particular, but. And just that idea that one thing that people seem to really love about it is that it's very contained, not so much in time because there's no time limit, but it's contained and there's only one a day and it's baked in that, you know, whatever, you've got 15 hours until your next Wordle comes up. And just thinking about that as like a thing that we might want to have an appetite for more of in our online spaces because of this endless, and you know, this is obviously not a novel thing to observe, this endless deluge of content. But I do think we sometimes forget that it's not that long ago that content was not just this ongoing like feed of material taken away from time and space, right? There was a time like 10 years ago when it was much more about blogs and fixed amounts of content and yeah. there was like a little bit of constraint on the fire hose of information which now seems to be totally off and in fact like the design seems so much to be built into just you know how in Vegas they have like you know the lights oh, yeah. are in a way so you never know what time of day it is and everything it, it almost feels like you're encouraged to feel that way in online spaces and I feel like the success of Wordle and some of these other games speaks to something like that is incredibly satisfying it's like i did this thing it's done and now i can go on with my day but but she's wagging her finger at me i am big wag have you ever not gotten it once i did not get me it. me too it's a terrible feeling the humiliation i know i had to go to the gym and i worked out on the bike for 45 minutes and i admonished myself and went home and read the dictionary <laughs> memorized no. every five-letter word and it, 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 yeah. it's well, but the dog park where I go, it's the going concern at the dog park. Mm -hmm. And now there's this woman in there who goes, the word today is perky. And I'm oh. like, shut up, shut up. Don't be a wordle killer. You gotta <laughs> at least say, spoiler alert. 
But that was the that. one I didn't get, so I didn't feel so bad. <laughs> I thought, well, how could you not have gotten Berkey, you stupid idiot? But yeah, no, I like it because I am somebody who has gone down, I can't believe it, but down the Facebook word game wormhole. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten really, really, have you played any of them? No, I don't. I actually, I really don't go on Facebook. Well, unfortunately, through the pandemic, I got sucked in mm. word blitz. And then when I started, to, you know, accruing all of these um, trophies, and then this woman who's this like champion, <laughs> like I had like eight hundred trophies that I was very proud of because I had none for the longest time because <laughs> there's all these world, these all these word blitz masters on there. Okay. And then she came in and. She just kind of like stole all of my trophies. And she's like, ooh, that's an easy poach. <laughs> and then I figured out ways to cheat on the other ones. Mm. So it's just bringing back my old, you know, first person shooter thing. Uh -huh. Like when I would go looking for the cheat codes. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, like Wildenstein and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean about that desire for a limitation on oh, content? Oh, absolutely. And I wonder whether it's something that's unique to games. Like there's obviously a satisfaction to a game that's like you do it and then it's done or or could you actually make that into more of a business model for other online publications where it's a little bit more constrained or is that just crazy and naive no I think that's a good idea I hadn't thought about it so I don't have an intelligent thing to say about it but I think it was a really good thing that you brought up and I think that it would be interesting if they could bring that kind of restraint to uh, to other arenas well I have a really, really, I think a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. Some people might think it's a terrible story. Yeah, I don't know what it is with me and finding all these really cool Israeli companies lately. I've noticed that. There's this company called Tebel Aerobotics. And there's a really, really cool video, and I really encourage you guys, there'll be a link for it on the blog, that you go and check it out. You know how you're always hearing about there's a shortage of pickers? Mm -hmm. Like fruit pickers. Farm, farm labor. Oh, farm yeah. labor, mm -hmm. yeah. There's these drones, there's four of them, and they sort of drive in on this flatbed. And there's a guy there who manipulates it all with his laptop. But these drones are so smart that they can fly up day or night, fly into a tree, go me, 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 perfect, <laughs> and they pluck it. And then they bring it back down, and then they put it in the crate. Uh -huh. It's amazing when you see it, because there's absolutely, well, I did see one roll off, but there's, there's, you know, there's no damage to the crop. You don't have the problem with labor. And as much as I hate to think about what's going to happen to migrant workers, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if people have really thought this into the equation. What they were sort of emphasizing in the article from the industry was that there just is a shortage of people to do this kind of work. And if you want to have, like, really fabulous fruit, it's really going to be much more beneficial to use this drone technology. And I, I thought it was neat, though, because they can pick it in them any time of the day, as long as the battery on this flatbed holds out. Mm. And they go, me, me, me. I didn't read the article, but I looked at the website for the company. One thing I did uh, note is that they express it as though it's this crazy, unfathomable coincidence that it, that there is both a shortage of yeah. day labor in farms 
and it's poorly paid and seasonal. They say it's like, whoa, it's a crazy thing that happened in the world that yeah. these two things happen. Do you think those things might be related to each other? Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I had heard, like, I guess in earlier iterations, not of drone technology, but of um, automated harvesting materials that, you know, one of the issues is that, like, it's one of the things that had encouraged fruits and vegetables to be uniform and to breed them you know, that they not be too soft and that they be very uniform so that they could be picked automatically. But it sounds like at this point, maybe the technology is a lot better in terms of recognizing the fruit and being able to pick it at a better ripeness point. If you look at the video, it looks like it's like a 360 degree um, spin that the drone is able to take to check it. And I thought, that's pretty damn cool. Did you get any sense of, because at one point on the website they say that it's not about replacing the human workers, but they're <laughs> going to be with the human workers, which I was a little bit skeptical about, but presumably, I mean, I think this is one thing that is going to happen with a lot of automation is you retain at least part of the human workforce, which is responsible for doing things like servicing the equipment and maybe getting into fruit that the robot drone can't see with its visual things or that's too difficult to reach or whatever. So like, they'll still be sending children up into the trees. Yeah. But the one thing that, to note here before you get all excited and you have a, you know, a field of peaches in southern Ontario and the fruit belt that you want to have picked, they're not available for commercial use yet. Mm. But they will be apparently later this year and they've got pilot projects happening in, let me see, apple orchards in Spain and in the States. Oh, yeah, and Italy. So maybe you'll see some when you're in Italy this summer. You know, in Sicily, they have a lot of really great technologies for harvesting. One of the things they do for um, olives is they have this thing. It's kind of like um, a rake, you know, like the kind that you use to rake up dry leaves. Mm -hmm. So imagine it's like my fingers and they're twitching like this. Yeah. So you put the rake thing up into the olive tree and then it goes blah, 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 blah. And the olives all come down without like having, so you don't like, yank them off and damage like the twigs and the leaves and stuff and then it just all falls down to a net and then another oh. time I was at our, a friend's um, place who has almond trees on her farm the neighbor came by we were having a lot of trouble harvesting them and he came by with just a giant stick and just went whack whack, whack. <laughs> and they all fell down and we all picked them up at which point he said to me your sister's a much harder worker than you are. <laughs> Just like, you're not wrong, my friend. You're not wrong. <laughs> anyway, I think whatever the, the implications are for uh, day laborers, like, which might be quite serious, I think, you know, our point in the sniffer is this is a trend that you observe, and I think you're probably right about that. We're starting to actually yeah. see the rubber hit the road in terms of automation of a lot of those types of jobs. Well, actually, just in closing, um, I was talking to my nephew about this, and he's a young'un. Like he said, Aunt Kath, if within four years there are not going to be any more truck drivers, it's all going to be self-driving vehicles, and those are going to be the transport trucks within four years. And my sister-in-law went, no! And I said, hmm? hmm? And he said, yep. I think you'd have to have dedicated lanes. Four years is pretty... Look at how fast everything else has happened. So, hey, go check out the um, Tevil Aerobotics and let us know what you think. It's worth and, looking at the images, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to know if other people think that we are going to have self-automated fleets of trucks within four to five years. Sniffer.net. Yeah, and thanks a lot for listening. We yeah, appreciate it. We really appreciate it.